Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of Lay Film, where we get together each episode to discuss the gems of cinema. I'm your co-host, Richie, H- a.k.a. Rich Lehomi. And I'm one of your co-hosts, Tyler, a.k.a. Cool Mint Cunningham. <laughs> and I'm uh, back. It's the other co-host, uh, Patrick. Uh AKA uh, Pat Pat, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, and in this episode, uh, Kevin will not be joining us today as he has some personal business to take care of. But we are here now. And um, yeah, guys, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been, uh, I think, a few weeks, right? So I'm glad to be back with you guys. Mm-hmm. Has it been, I'm has happy it been to be a back. few weeks? Yeah. I- yeah, it's been quite a bit. Oh yeah, it's been at least a few weeks for Pat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's been much longer. <laughs> be Pat, like, where have you been? It's been a minute. Uh, I I got a job as a robot. Sick. And, uh, Sick. Yeah. I'm a Bezos bot. Wait, what? You work at Amazon? Amazon? Yeah, it's very no! draining. <laughs> what do you mean? Amazon's a good job, dude. Um, maybe <laughs> he said maybe. It's like it's like uh, it's like Elliot working for E Corp, bro. I mean, whatever. It's a good job. Yeah, <laughs> you're working for Evil Corp. No. Well, um, you're, are you doing delivery? Yeah, I drive a van. Sick. I, I did that before, a few years ago, actually. It's um, not horrible, horrible. I hated it. <laughs> no I'm bathroom breaks. Oh, no lunch. Yes, no lunch, no bathroom breaks. So, uh oh, they're going to be listening to us now. <laughs> I live right across the street from a park, and I see guys stop at the park all the time and like run to the bathroom and pee at the park. Yeah, man. They're like, on a, yeah, you can tell they're in a hurry. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope you survive being a delivery driver because that is not a fun job. I'll say. No, it's I'm a good, it's a fun it's a good job, dude. It depends. It, it's all it depends what you like. Yeah, I I like the freedom. Uh, yeah. After you leave, I get to just drive the car. You get to move around too. You're not stuck in the same like spot or staring at a computer. I can't do that. Yeah. But then I, my muscles or my lower back is given out already. You're going to get what? swole, dude. You're going to get swole. Pat, you got to lift with your glutes, not with your back. No, it's like the driving position. I just, I, I heard it oh. when I was younger. Like playing basketball, my a certain part of my lower back would always like hurt after two hours. And just driving does the same thing, it seems. That's why I've been yeah. missing, trying to survive out here. Yeah, man, that sounds like a grind. Uh, yeah, I hope, you know, I wish you well and good luck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler, how have you been? I've been good, man. I'm, uh, I've been doing the same, same old, same old, same old, just working, bartending. 
my back hurts too from bending over and making drinks all the time on Friday, Saturday nights. Those those are rough. But I like it. It's fun. I've been good though. I'm enjoying Dude, this fall. I'm enjoying this fall weather. This cool weather. It's nice. Oh yeah. Dude, I miss the drinks that used to make us. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get back together in person. This is like our third we haven't been in person in like four episodes, I think. A couple, yeah. I think since we've gone remote, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to do it soon. Um, yep. But I think this is a good alternative for us, though. It's definitely been made easier for us to do late night episodes yeah. like this. We'll get the gang in for like a lay film Thanksgiving or something. Yeah, we're going to get crunk and wasted. No, I'm just kidding. Little, little after dark pod but um yes yeah, it's, it's been a minute since we've last got together but i think since then uh, there is a huge surge of popularity and rise of a television show that dropped on netflix not that long ago it is a south korean series called squid game um yeah, I think, Tyler, you've watched it. I've watched it, but Pat, you've heard quite a lot about it. Um, yeah, Tyler, what did you think of the show? Dude, I freaking... I honestly, I loved it. I watched it in like two days. Uh, <laughs> I actually... I had like one day where and I, I got off work. I had worked on like a long week and I like partied on like, cause I knew I had the next day off. And so I was like pretty hungover <laughs> for a Sunday morning. And uh, I'd watch Squid Games from like 10 a.m. to like pretty much, yeah, like 10 p.m. that whole day, watch the whole oh, series. Wow. And I usually don't do that. Uh, yeah, I, it was good though. It was good. I watched it in Korean for sure in the subtitles. Uh. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I like. There's certain things I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> like Sang Woo is probably my favorite character. I think. Nice, nice. Sang Woo is a G. He was dirty. Yeah, he was uh, it's just one of those shows, right? That like characters don't feel like caricatures. They actually feel three dimensional, like real human beings, and you understand the dilemma and like the crisis that they have to go through. To win yeah. this like game of life and death, right? Yeah, I thought um, it was. I thought it was yeah. like well made though too, and like well shot, and the music and score was really good. That's why I think Pat, you would you would actually I think appreciate it because it's like it's well made for sure. It's not like cheesy or yeah, the production it is, design it is, is it off is the easy wall. to 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 Babe Ruth it for sure. Hmm. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think the series is trying to, you know, one up itself. I guess it's more about like the care. It's very character driven, and you really feel for the people that are in this situation. Um, I don't know, Pat. You haven't seen it, but I guess to explain generally what the show is about, it's you know a collection of people that get together for this game on a remote uh, location, where. Um, they are in desperate need of money because, uh, yeah, everyone is in debt. And, um, yeah, they play these children's games. And essentially, it's life or death, you know? You win, you move on, and you lose, you die. Yeah, that's the 
from the outside looking in, that was like the general vibe I got away with it. Or seeing the like the track suits, does not the track suits, but like Oh, what is it? The masks. The masks. Oh yeah, the 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 enforcers of the like they're they're like jumpsuits, yeah. Yeah. As well as the participants have like what is it like PE clothes kinda? Yeah. Like jumpsuit like yeah, like uh sweats, track pants. That was the vibe I got off. I've been passing on it so far because I am like a little contrarian jerk. <laughs> Is Holly interested in it? Did Holly watch it at all? Uh, no. Uh, I think you both would enjoy it. I think it's experience so watch with another person. Um, yeah. It, it reminds me of... Uh, I'm going to do this. I wish I had to pimp out the underappreciated stuff. But uh, there's an old anime, and I read the manga, Dead Man Wonderland, which isn't the same. The From what I know about Squid Game, is the debt motivating factor and like the shadow elite deathmatch of games. And Dead Man Wonderland, I forget when it came out, was like late 2000 teens or early 2000 teens, late 2000s. But that one's like a similar premise, kind of, where there's like a elite death row there's like an island with disneyland on it and then under that island is like a death row gladiator things that the elites <laughs> visit and that's what the story's about oh wow and then it goes other places and it's just a bit it was a uh, criminally underrated or just from what i remember i really enjoyed it and they got one season of anime and then they just stopped it but yeah when i saw the squid game stuff blown up it reminded me of dead man wonderland i was like oh i wish Dead Man would get some of this light or like people would revisit that stuff. Like I haven't seen the original Battle Royale either. I was going to oh, say, wow. yeah, that sounds tight. And then I was going to yeah mention Battle Royale. It's like Battle Royale is like deferred. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, but didn't I that come out in the 80s or something? Battle Royale, I think, was the early 2000s. Um, yeah. yeah, it's I love Battle Royale. It's a fantastic um yeah, it's a fantastic movie. It's Japanese. Um, yeah, I just find it unfortunate that like a lot of people, when they watch Squid Game, they're comparing it to Hunger Games, which is like obviously the superior, <laughs> uh, the superior, I guess, uh, a death game as opposed to Squid Game. Um, but yeah, that, we got to do Battle Royale sometime. It's such a classic. And um, did you guys know that this, the creator of Squid Game, he was sitting on this idea for over 10 years before um, Netflix picked up uh, I had seen his that. idea. Yeah, I heard he, about he like too. shopped it around a lot. Yeah, they, um, yeah, director um, Huang uh, Dong Hook, he, uh, <laughs> at the time when he was writing Squid Game, he was living with his his mother and his grandmother and he had to like sell his laptop for like $700 just to get by and um yeah he was struggling for a while and then yeah now Netflix uh picked up his show and Squid Game is probably going to be the most watched like show on in Netflix history and I think that's incredible for being a uh, South Korean television show that has you know, 
it's like has no American influence. Well, I'll take that back. It's definitely anti-capitalist. That's for sure. <laughs> As I say, I've seen the Squid Game conspiracy, as well as the uh... conspiracy. Yeah, as well as like the assessments about like, like I think there was a recent wealth whenever the whenever they do those stories about how much richer the rich people are or like the one percent controls more than the 80 percent now or something obscene where it's i saw people doing assessments of like oh this guy sat he's been selling the script for 10 years or trying to get it made or picked up but like it's one of those things like his never say die attitude combined with like the wealth disparity that's getting so much more it's just growing constantly and now people want media to reflect that where it's like squid game maybe there's a bit of appeal in it now or it's just like we want to see that story because we feel that looming threat of impoverishment mm -hmm. not literally like the characters because we still have privileged privileged lives here but yeah, i've seen people arguing that point of like oh it's getting so bad here in the world right as well as like the more conspiracy, this is preemptive programming for like the climate catastrophes when we're going to have refugees, newly uninhabitable parts of the world being like ruthlessly handled by the masked tracksuit wearing whatever stuff happens in the near future. Right. All that stuff. It's fascinating. It's fuck. Watch it, Pat. Trust me. Scary me. Watch the show. Yeah, well, it's, it's like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it, it's resonating, and there's like 18 different ways to interpret that. I haven't seen those interpretations. I just haven't seen the show yet. Yeah. Um. Before we move on, I just want to bring up a uh, very minor detail about the main character. Uh. So the uh, Twitter for Hyundai tweeted out a reference to Squid Game. Um, about these sugar cookies and they were asking people to pick which ones, which I guess like car would they want to buy and it's in the form of like sugar cookies. And I think you know what I'm talking about, Tyler, because there's a game about that. And uh -huh. and some people, oh my God, like Hyundai was pretty much getting ratioed basically on Twitter because uh, someone mentioned that the main character... Uh, and this is very minor details, Pat. I don't think it's too spoiler, but um, the main character has trauma from a, a labor strike in which he worked at a car manufacturer company. So people were pretty much calling out Hyundai for being um, tone deaf in that regard because I believe Hyundai is owned by um, Korean... Uh, other Korean company? I forgot. But... um. They pretty much got blasted oh, wow. on Twitter, basically. It was so hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty much saying, I mean, yeah. yeah. They didn't watch the show. They were just trying to capitalize yeah. on Squid Game's uh, popularity. Still, that's whatever, I feel like. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's funny. I totally yeah. forgot about that, too. I was like... Oh yeah, that's cool. Whatever, Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's I think the show's cool, cool too that it's uh, exposing people to like more foreign, foreign stuff. Yes. 
right? Um, Getting people, a lot of people that like I talk to at work or like family that like they won't watch a lot of movies if you have to watch, if they have to read subtitles to where this show has gotten like multiple people I know to, they're like, all right, yeah, I'll do it with subtitles. And then they watch the whole show and they're like, eh, it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like reading subtitles. It's that one inch barrier that we always get back to. Hard. It's hard to read. Yeah, and also the English dub is hilarious, I have to say. Um, there are really good clips on YouTube where the English dub totally makes... It kind of undermines Squid Game, um, like, its brilliance because of how awful the dub is, so... <laughs> if you're watching it in dub, I'm sorry, you're not getting the full experience. <laughs> But yeah, with that being said, guys, it's October. Um, yeah, let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, we kind of mentioned before we started about our favorite like Halloween or I guess Halloween themed or horror films, and especially since it's October. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick, you mentioned that you watched Halloween Kills before we started this podcast. Um, I also watched it too. What did you think of that movie? Uh, I watched it with Holly and I I'm not a massive I think I've seen one Halloween movie. Hated it. I I <laughs> cannot believe <laughs> I heard it was terrible. I didn't see it but I heard it was awful. I cannot believe, I don't know how to explain it, but like I was so bewildered by the ending, as well as like the tonal oh. shift. You're um, talking about, okay. Yeah, because like, like Mike, Michael Myers is like, I've been out of the loop on the franchise for a long time, mm -hmm. as well as all horror. Like, you know, I, I know Freddy, I know Freddy's gist, I know Jason's gist. I know Michael Myers is kind of a more, to me, he was always a more vague, like, oh, he's the guy with the knife. He's human, but he's not human, but it's like movie protection. Like, I, whatever the director is doing with that movie, he can be immortal or he could just right. be, he never gets shot for some reason in the whole. But to see this new Michael Myers, I was like, oh, this is like a more Jason to me than Michael Myers. But again, I, I haven't been following it closely. And then I don't want to spoil the ending. I don't know if this is a spoiler. Well, it is a. It just came out, right? I think it came out like in the, within the last week. Yeah, it came out last Friday. So I watched it the day it came out, I believe. Wait, are you upset that Michael Myers didn't say, "Hey, baby"? <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. Been a, that, that would have been an improvement, though, from what I felt I got. <laughs> it's a teaser. The movie's a teaser for another movie. <laughs> I, I don't want to dance around anymore. I cannot uh -huh. believe it ended the way it ended. Hmm, okay. Wow, because I have a... I feel like I have an opposite reaction of you. I loved Halloween Kills. Um, I watched the previous version. Oh, did you watch the 2018? Um, the prequel? The one before this one? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I, I just know the gist of Halloween. Mike Myler, Mike Myers, mask, knife. Okay. <laughs> Traumatic childhood. 
<laughs> I guess you don't need that much backstory. I mean, there is some, but um, I don't know. I I love this film a lot. I I am a fan of the Halloween franchise. I watched all the Halloween movies except for the Rob Zombie versions. I mean, I did watch the first Rob Zombie Halloween. I did not like it. It's not my cup of tea. Those films are more about like trailer trash version of Michael Myers and his family, where this one is back to. Um, the traditional roots of Halloween, of like John Carpenter, um, like conventional slasher. But uh, man, I don't know. Like this is this is the most brutal Halloween, that's for sure. It's the most violent and grotesque Halloween because the original was not like that at all. You don't really see the kills. Uh, uh, it's not in your face, but this one goes all the way. And I love that. Um but he, he yeah, kind of Jason's it. It just reminded me of Jason, like the the Friday and, the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I, I I can understand if people get upset because of that, because we have our Friday the Thirteenth, and those movies are known for brutal kills. But um, I think this one one ups all those movies, and um, I thought the performances were great. Like Anthony Michael Hall is in it. I thought I loved his role. Um, he was so, uh, what's the word? Like he was very good with his monologues. He was so fierce in the way he like carries around that bat and like he was ready, you know, because this film is, yeah, this film is about like the town trying to fend off Michael Myers. And you don't, you don't see that in any of the films except for the fourth Halloween film. And that was like in one scene. But besides that. It's kind of rare for to see a movie like this. Um, that's where, that's I was getting like it feels like maybe it's because they haven't finished it because this movie was like a teaser for the next one, right? But I felt like they're like with the uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but with the the thing with Michael Myers to me that was appealing was the uh, like they reference it of like you know he doesn't talk he doesn't do one liners uh, he used to just be like a stalker with a knife. And then the characters touch on, especially in the new one with the the, uh, the commentary on society in the town and like rising the mob up. The, mentality. Yeah, rising up to face this evil and taking on the evil themselves. It's like, oh, this is great. And there's a, char- there's a certain character, I don't want to spoil it, who keeps referencing that like and the significance of the window in the childhood home. Right. It's like, oh, it feels like they're teeing up something with Michael Myers. I was like, towards the end, I was like, oh, it's going to be like, I was I was waiting for someone to take a step back and like portray the sympathetic aspect of like yeah he's like he's like a rabid animal that just kills but like when the tiger eats someone in a village you like you the t- village can get in a mob mentality and they can brutally kill the tiger but the tiger's just a tiger and there's like a right. sadness in that of like oh the this thing that isn't us is being held to our humanistic laws of oh like the tiger killed someone so the tiger must be punished or it's oh no it's just a tiger I got I feel like they're setting that up with Michael Myers and then the movie kind of like veers away from that or just because it's setting up the next one it's like oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I would love to see that like they defeat Michael Myers it's just like oh shit <laughs> it's just a right. little boy <laughs> what the fuck did we do 
<laughs> I hope they do that. Um, so yeah, Tyler, seeing that you're not a, a fan or you don't watch like the Halloween movies or um, in I just general, get scared. <laughs> I get scared. You, you, you said you've heard it was bad, right? So, uh, what, what was your impression, I guess, based on what we've been saying and what you've heard of Halloween kills? I mean, it sounds good, and like that, those type of scary movies I can watch. Um, I like as a younger kid, I never wanted to watch them because I was so scared, but like. Going into possession, I didn't even really, I wasn't even thinking. I just went into it completely blind. And then I was like, getting into the movie, I was like, halfway through, I was like, all right, yep, this is turned into a fucking just <laughs> horror movie. Like, fuck. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about certain scenes because I can tell you guys my reaction. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, I was thinking earlier, too, like, I need to watch Halloween. Like, I feel I'm. I'm admitting, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I haven't seen ha Halloween, like all the way through. Obviously, I've probably seen many clips, but I don't know. I just get, yeah, I've always, I don't watch anything horror, dude, nothing. But like after watching Possession, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, I like that type of horror, but it was still pushing the limit for me. <laughs> like, we'll see how I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you're open to seeing this film, Tyler. And um, yeah, if you had any sort of like interest in seeing the Halloween films, uh, yeah, I'd say they're pretty accessible. Um, they're very hit or miss. I mean, a lot of it is kind of bad anyway, but you know, it's like junk food. <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, bodies will drop. Um, I'd say Halloween. Gotta, yeah. You guys got to just slowly start picking like other horror movies that aren't like crazy you know like you just gotta like slowly get me into deeper and deeper water yeah i think possession was the most extreme so <laughs> I, i'm glad i can get you there and then we'll bring you back down <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh, yeah i'll finish off halloween kills um yeah i love the movie um Great characters. Uh, Michael McDonald is in it. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was in Mad TV. Um, I loved his role. Oh my gosh, his role, the little the little John, Big John. Um, they're like, yeah, they're like the saving, in my opinion, like the saving grace of the film. Like they're the my favorite characters. It's so, um, yeah. I thought it was I so did, touching. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did. I did really like that. They're like a a campy couple. That's like, oh, this is yeah. the this is the Michael Myers house. Uh, absolutely, let's buy it <clears throat> and yeah, fancy it up, and then they always talk about it. It's like a talking piece. I was yeah. like, oh, that felt very realistic. I'm like, yeah, people do pursue haunted houses and hotels to stay in. Mm -hmm. Certain people, they're like, oh, this is interesting to them. That morbid, macabre, like curiosity, you know, um, mm -hmm. not even thinking of like any of the consequences. I mean. You don't think you're gonna get haunted or anything, right? And it's a small town, and um, I'm sure the house is up for cheap. So who wouldn't want to buy the house, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like they don't um, they don't know they're in the movie, and that Michael Myers is gonna come back. Right. 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 Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The character. I loved. I just loved how the characters just felt real, even with the limited screen time that they had. Uh, I cared for everyone and the kills made it so hard to let them go because it was just so brutal and 
Yeah. That's my take on Halloween Kills. Uh, three and a half out of five stars. Real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's see. Man. Um, yeah, do you, do you guys want to talk real quick about what, you, what you've been watching and then we'll just get right into the review? Mm -hmm. I have a good one. Uh, yeah. I watched, me and Holly watched Over the Garden Wall. If you guys want a quick, maybe an hour long Cartoon Network series. That's very, Oh, it's like, it's like a old Americana. It's a very sweet show. It's very Halloween, very fall. It's about two young, they're like 10 minute episodes. And it's about two brothers who find themselves lost in the woods. And they, they run into staples of like a American mythos kind of vaguely on their journey back home. There's like a, there's a woodsman chopping wood to keep the lantern that has his daughter's soul burning. There's a, a steamboat that's uh, only frogs are on it. Very Mark Twain references. Which I just, I love the whole series. It's very short, very sweet. Dude, yeah, I want to check oh, that out. What is that on? Is that like a limited series? Uh, it was like a one season series, like in 2012 or 13 by Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. Trying to remember where to watch it. I think it's on Hulu currently. I could be wrong and misremembering. But yeah, I'll it's just it's sure. yeah. You can watch in one sitting. The episodes are so short. That's funny you say Cartoon Network because uh, I've recently watched not a whole lot, but like a few nights I was like when I was going to bed, I put on a uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, dude. That show is amazing. It's so creepy. It's even like that. Even Courage the Cowardly Dog is almost too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> it holds up. Return the there's slab. So, there's so much weird shit, dude. And uh, yeah, that's uh, the newest thing I've watched other than like Ted Lasso. I finished Ted Lasso and. Uh, oh, I gotta games. catch up on that. And I think that's it. Mm. I just rewatched the campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis too. That was. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. First. That's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but it's good. It's good bad. <laughs> it's a good bad kind of film. Is it good enough Mar to Marty Huggins? I'm Marty Huggins. It's going to be a late film uh, episode, right? <laughs> you talk about how the, the campaign prophesized 2016. So Dude, it came out before that, right? Yeah, yeah. It came out in like 2013, I think, or something. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. You can make a movie about, oh, picture a really crazy campaign cycle. This will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so, there's a couple scenes that are freaking hilarious that but they're so bad and offensive too and some other ones that uh i don't know if it's a prediction or we're just living in a simulation and and all that all the things that we've been watching are just being reflected in our reality um <laughs> the, the, the dials turn too far one way <laughs> i actually cartoon that's, logic that's funny you say that last night too um 
this may be like TMI for the pod, but I grew my first weed plant and I was trimming my, I, I cut it all and I was trimming all the weed. <laughs> this is legal to do in our state, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I turned on this documentary on Hulu and it was about, uh, I forget what it was called. It was about uh, like, are we living in a simulation? And oh. I'm 100% convinced that we are living in a simulation <laughs> after watching this documentary. Is that on Netflix? I didn't even finish it. It's on Hulu. Oh, I forget what it's called. It's pretty cool too. Like all the people that they interview, like, you know, normally they have like somebody like sitting in a chair and like whatever lower third shot of a, uh, and instead they're like, they turn the person in like a filter and they're like some weird, like, like cartoonish, like it's like a Snapchat filter almost like over the top of mm. each person. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. But it's I mean, weird. Like they were talking about like wow. odds. Like what are the odds that you were living in like the the perfect or the the original real universe or real reality. I don't know. It's too 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 much for me. I can't even comprehend. We got a we got a new entry coming. That has yeah. me convinced. They're like literally remaking the Matrix again. Oh Not yeah, again, okay. Yeah, they're doing the Matrix and it's it's it, look, it doesn't look good at all. Kind they of. talk about the Matrix the whole like for like thirty minutes of it. <laughs> it's an ad for the Matrix. <laughs> it's uh. Wait, so <laughs> yeah, Pat, you weren't here for our conversation about that, but um, are you you're uh you think it's not going to be good? Uh, I was. For the first like 15 seconds of the trailer, I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. It's like, uh, I don't know, like Keanu or Neo is back in the Matrix, and it's like, oh, this could be like a, are they gonna do like a psychological something thing about him realizing he's in the Matrix? And it's like self referential. And then they started doing Kung Fu, and there was like young Morpheus and Trinity's back. I was like, oh, okay, this is, uh, just this is just like food fast food i thought it was gonna be something deeper like the first matrix was but the second they're like him and i forget if that's supposed to be morpheus or character it's it's a young morpheus yeah but he's hitting that archetype maybe they'll do something at the end that's different but just there's like the kung fu recreation there's the red pill blue pill moment recreation so is it like a prequel not it's a no it's a sequel yeah, it just looks like ah, just you can well, do something in, so interesting. But well, in the trailer, in that world, um, the matrix, the people in that world have seen the Matrix as well. Like the movie, the Matrix is actually projected like um, somewhere in uh, in some of the scenes. So there's even a reference of people knowing about the movie itself. So they're definitely going to be doing some kind of meta, like super meta, uh, I guess, simulation within a simulation, possibly. I'm not sure. But I think the movie's going to do something different. But I think I think the trailer is just a tease. And yeah, we don't exactly know, right, what the story's yeah. going to be yet. So I just saw a lot of the same beats where it's like, oh, it's just... Yeah. It's being Hollywood-fied. Like, okay. I... I think it's very I think it's very purposeful. I think from what I've heard 
uh, I mean, it's what I think it's Lana Wachowski returning to direct. So she definitely has something up her sleeve for this film. So we will have to see, right? Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, real quick, I did not mention our favorite Halloween or themed film, but um, I can only come up with a Scream. I love the Scream franchise and Hocus Pocus because I loved that movie when I was a kid. So a quick a few, a couple of drops there in the bucket for our Halloween themed movies. What about you guys before we move on? Oh boy. Oh, I need a second. Uh, uh, for me, Over the Garden Wall. And. I'm just going to say Signs. I know it's the oh. Halloween. Oh, God, that's a good one. <laughs> Fuck. I say Signs too. <laughs> it's not Halloween, uh, but it's like a, it's a classic horror, scary movie. I just love so much. Yeah. Signs are very good. Signs is great. We should do signs. We will. Um, dang. I guess like Stranger Things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard, right? I'm trying to think. Like there aren't too many horror movies. Well, besides... also like I don't watch yeah. like horror, so I'm like trying to think of like. I'm trying to think of outside ones like Karate Kid, kind of, for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of movies that have like Halloween incorporated, but they're like not even like really Halloween movies. Uh, is the Goonies set in Halloween? No. It's not set during Halloween, right? I don't believe no, so. I, no. don't... I don't know why. Uh, possession. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, possession. <laughs> so, for Good. our review this week, uh, I picked the film. It is the 1981 uh, film by Andrzej Zawalski, and it's called Possession, starring Sam Neill and Isabel Ajani. You can't just say you don't know. That's what you said on the phone. When will you know? I don't know. Do you want me to spend the night somewhere else? In a hotel or something? Do you want us to meet later on? We can talk more calmly. Do you... Do you need more time? What... What do you need? What has happened? Bob knows that you are coming back today. Yeah, it's... I feel like this is a film that's kind of hard to describe to people without, like giving too many details, but it is essentially about a couple that are going through a divorce and the husband hires a private investigator to follow his wife because he's trying to find out why they're getting a divorce and what she's hiding. And that's basically the gist of the film. So yeah. Um, I watched this film many times before, and Pat, I know that we've seen this film quite a bit ago, like a few years ago, probably, mm -hmm. together. Like the, the first time we hung out to watch a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you had quite the impression <laughs> when I first showed it. 
And I then Tyler's, and this is your first time seeing this film. Yes. So, what did you guys think? You know, what? I want I want you to go first, Tyler, because you want me to go first. Yes, because <laughs> I kind of had it. I know what Pat felt the last time he watched it. I want to know how you feel, <laughs> dude. I'm not gonna lie, like I uh. While watching it, I was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> but I was more so just like, god damn it, I might have to watch this scary movie right now. It wasn't it, not that he, that it was scary, but it was uh Um After like finishing it, I was like, dude, what the fuck did I just watch? Pretty much. And like I don't know, it's still like simmering. Cause I watched it today. I watched it like early, like this morning. It's pretty much the first thing I did, which is a weird way to start your day <laughs> by watching possession. Yeah. How did you eat after that? I uh, dude, I literally couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I actually was pissed that I fucking didn't eat before. Cause I was like, I have no appetite. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't want to, let me tell you, I didn't eat any beef at work after the fucking <laughs> meat grinder scene. <laughs> but yeah, it was so uncomfortable and uh, jarring and unnerving. I don't know. It's just freaking. Oh, it just makes you feel like I. I thought uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Like made me feel pretty like unnerving and just uncomfortable. But this was on like a whole nother level. I so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more now that it's like it's simmering with me now. Like when I first watched it, I was like, oh, God, like, I don't think I ever want to watch that movie again. But like, I, I feel like I need to watch it again because. Obviously, I think it needs multiple watches, but. When I finished, I was like, no, I don't want to watch this again. It was so like <laughs> it's so uncomfortable watching this movie. <laughs> what were you going to say, Pat? I wanted to ask you, since this is your first time watching it, and I assume you hadn't looked up anything about the film, uh, without spoiling too much, what would you, uh, the title, Possession, uh, were you sitting there from the start to things started panning out? Were you sitting there trying to grapple, not grip, grapple with what's, who's possessed? What's the possession? Is it uh, a ghost? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, the whole time, the whole time, in multiple characters, both. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I honestly, I figured the movie was called Possession. I really didn't like. You know, I feel like I didn't think it was gonna be <laughs> about possession, which I don't. I mean, but yes, it was the whole time. I was like, is I don't know. Yeah, just everything didn't feel right. Like mm -hmm. in that world, <clears throat> um, but yeah, it just kept me guessing like the whole time. Uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, it was just uh, it so was a lot. It was a lot for sure. <laughs> it was a lot. To First of all, Tyler, I just want to say I apologize if I caused any mental or psychological <laughs> anguish uh, while you're reviewing this film, but I'm also very relieved and happy that uh that it kept you engaged and that you're actually like thinking about it and simmering on this movie <laughs> just hearing your reaction like makes me happy so 
Yeah, that's hilarious. It was super like well made. Like uh, the cinematography and the camera, like especially the ca- the movement of the camera, was what right. I noticed a lot. Like I um I don't know if you have this the DP or whatever, but uh yeah, they did an amazing job. Especially yeah, that scene the, where he's it, talking to like I think one of my favorite shots is the scene where he's talking. I guess I I I also didn't even catch at the beginning that he was like a spy. Essentially, right? Or he's working for like the right. But yeah, that scene where he's in basically their office and they're all talking to him with all the overhead lights and it's just a nice slide, just a right. clean slide. It was like a surveillance camera almost, or like it was just spinning around the room. And it was yeah. very jarring. You had some jump cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the light, the ceiling lights created an arrow to the desk in the corner. He's yeah. talking to the men. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, Pat, what is your impression for the second? Oh, I'm not sure how many times you've seen it um, before. Um, we did this again, but um, what did you think this time around? This is my second time watching, but only because uh, the film sticks with you. Like I, uh, I don't think there's anything I like. Even after we watched a couple years ago, like uh, I forgot like maybe the small details, but like I remember all the key scenes. I was watching it with Holly, and I was, I I was doing that awful thing where you look over to see their reaction like oh oh, oh. <laughs> like when he's in the rocking chair even though nothing happens but yeah. it's just a great shot of him in the rocking chair just going towards the camera in a way that was one of the like, funniest oh. scenes to me i laugh every time i watch that scene i don't know about you guys but I, yeah uh, i empathize with it I, I love that that like he's having like a mental break he's just he's just rocking out <laughs> it's funny it's funny too to see Sam Neill because I don't know if I've ever, I don't really know what else he's been in. I think he's and, best known for Jurassic Park. No, yeah, yeah. Jurassic Park, yeah. obviously. So that's what I was going to say. It's like it's funny seeing Sam Neill in this role compared to like, because all I pretty much know Sam Neill like is, oh yeah, that's the dude from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and, and you gotta watch a 180. What were, you gotta watch Event Horizon, Sam Neill. Oh yes, that one's great. Oh, that then, sounds uh, good. It's about black holes. Yeah. Yes. And it's another horror, but space horror with Sam Neill. A little more cheesy than Possession. <laughs> and then he's in ah, uh, what's that? Is it a John Carpenter movie? Oh man, what's that one called? It's another horror movie where he's, uh, shit. Is it, um, yeah, I think it is a John Carpenter film. Is it, uh, he's tracking down the author who's writing. Yeah, is, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's flying past my head right now. Is it dead calm or something? No, maybe that's not a John Carpenter film, but <clears throat> it's like something. It's like it's not Mouth of Madness, but something of madness. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, is he in that film? I don't. Know. I think so. He's in My Brilliant Career too. 
Launch some Australia. Yeah, that is a John Carpenter film. Yeah, yeah. You're right. In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness, okay. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is great. I, you know, when I first saw this film, I didn't think that his performance was that great. I guess in, in comparison to uh, Isabel Ajani, because I thought her performance in this movie was like so bombastic and well, wild. Well, no performance is close to hers, I feel like. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, th- I feel like her performance is probably the best performance I've ever seen in a film. And, um, yeah, it, it just seemed so challenging, the roles that she had to take and the emotions and, like, how fierce her eyes look. Like, her eyes are so piercing, like... It's like she's staring right at you in your, into your soul, you know? Um, wow, yeah, her performance is just brilliant. I think even if you did end up not liking the film, just her alone, I think, would keep you engaged. And, um, yeah. yeah, and the cast, yeah. What are you saying, Tyler? Uh, I was just going to say, I, I like was reading on the film or whatever after watching it a little bit, and I saw that... I guess it took her like years to recover from that role or just like not met. I don't know about recover, but I guess she just basically never spoke about the film once it was screened. She like just didn't want to talk about it or bring it up. I didn't dive too deep into it, but right, that's just what I saw, which I could see like, I don't know, maybe she just dove into it too deep, like a Heath Ledger type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I read something but then similar. I guess you also mentioned the director was like kind of manipulative, or I don't know, like force for demanding. I don't know something like that. But oh wow, I got I got to look into that. Yeah, her that performance is crazy. That subway scene was. Can we get into spoilers? Because I just want to start. I, I just want to like let's, let's um, get into it. Yeah, let's um yeah let's give our ratings real quick, and then yeah let's just jump into it because uh, yeah this is a lot for us to discuss. So um yeah if you guys got this far definitely check out the film. Um I know it's hard to find right now, but um definitely support it. You can buy the film online. Um buy the Blu-ray. Um. Yeah, quick thoughts. Yeah, I love the film. It's my favorite film. So I'm happy you guys watched this film because, yeah, this is my favorite film of all time. And I love showing it to people and just seeing their reactions. And, um, yeah, and the cast of characters are amazing and eccentric. And Heinrich is my favorite character. I'll just say that. This movie is hilarious. It will be, won't be the same without him. Um, yeah, so Tyler, I want you to go first. What is your rating for Possession? I was thinking right after I watched it, I was like, I was like pissed after watching. I was like, fuck, like that was so much. And I was like, I'm going to give this movie like a 3.5 or something. But I feel like after sitting with it for a little bit, like I'm starting to like it more and more. And also, I'm just not a fan of of this genre, of the horror genre or like possession, anything with like people being possessed is not my vibe so i'm gonna give it a four out of five but i would think that's a basically a five out of five because i I can see 
like I, it seems like this movie is like it has a huge like cult following. Is that right? Yeah. I can see. Yeah, like this is. I think this this like I don't watch horror like so I, you know, take it for a grain of salt. But this seems like this is good horror. Like I, uh, and it, when it comes to possession, you know, like I don't know, like her. I can't think. Is it Hereditary or? One of right. those movies that is like that's just too much. That's like too fucking scary for me. This is at least like it like it's a slow burn and it like bleed it like I didn't even think it was gonna be like a scary movie at the start. I just thought it was gonna be like I don't know, I guess like a more of a thriller. And then it gets pretty it gets super intense, but like that again, I go back to the subway scene. Like that scene had me like like literally my mouth was wide open while I was watching it. I was just like but I couldn't, I couldn't like look away. Like, like I was trying to look away, but I couldn't look away. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I really enjoyed the ending to the music. Even like the music gets under your skin, the acting, everything. Um, yeah, it was a really well-made film. So I'll give it a four out of five. This is just a movie that like, I don't, I don't want to watch, but I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> Patrick? Uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, this is one of those movies where you absolutely should never spoil yourself on. It's it's like a, it's hard to say, but it's one of those... It's truly a once-in-a-lifetime film that you need to go in blind. And if you don't go in blind, maybe there's... To me, if I hadn't gone in blind for the first watch with you and Kevin in person, I feel like I would have always regretted that because it's such a unique film. It touches on so many things, so many transcendental questions while still being like a 80s, early 80s horror movie with a certain points. Like it has all that good <laughs> stuff. But also has the truly deep good stuff, and I, Tyler touched on something I wanted to talk about on this viewing that, the film reminded me of, like the, the pedophilias to like the, A twenty four, kind of, formulaic horror that they kind of do nowadays, like a hereditary hereditary or midsummer. It's it's uh, it feels like seeing this again and having since then seen hereditary and midsummer it feels like there's like a strong inspiration in those a24 movies from this film or the feeling this film's trying to communicate it's it's about this what's the possession oh it's a commentary about six things in that contemporary society while still being a very gruesome horror film and yeah, just really, really enjoy the movie. Um, wow, yeah. Uh, for me, it is my favorite film of all time. So, you know, a four out of five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a five out of five. <laughs> a five out of five. Um, yeah, I think this film is, is, is a masterpiece. And um, yeah, just hearing your guys' thoughts. Uh, yeah, I just... Yeah, there's a lot to love about it. Like you said, Patrick, possession, the title could mean so many different things. And um, yeah, I think this film has 
so many hidden layers that you probably wouldn't even have thought about the first couple times. Because I've seen this movie so many times. Maybe like seven or eight times at this point, or even nine times. Um, yeah, I'm very uh, masochistic, I guess. <laughs> I love watching this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some, at times you felt like, oh, could this be a paranormal possession? At another time, you feel like, oh my gosh, is, um, is Anna, who's uh, played by Isabel Jani, is she possessed? Or, you know, who? what does that even mean to be possessed? Is it in feeling trapped in, in a marriage? Or... Um, yeah, or it can even be about polyamorous relationships, uh, being uh, in an open relationship. There's just so many different things. Um, even the director said this film is about his divorce. So take that as you will. Um, yeah, just everything, man. From like the music and even the, the aesthetic of the 80s and the fact that it's a hor- not just a horror film, but it's a, it's a part thriller and even some really well oddly inserted choreographic scenes that you're just like don't expect you know there's like a a quick fight scene for some reason right and it's really odd and audacious there's like car crashes (laughs) randomly it's just this film is just insane right so um yeah even in the last 10 minutes you're like whoa what is this turn um for the film but um yeah, I feel like every character is so memorable, and the cinematography is just out of this world. And um, yeah, I, I don't think I can say even more than that now. So um, okay, yeah, five okay, out of five. So okay, let's just okay. I'll jump go into fi- it. I'll go five out of five. <laughs> no, it. it's a, it's okay, Tyler. You don't. No, you don't no. Change your they, mind. <laughs> the only reason I say I'm say I said four out of five is because I don't like. I'm like I just. <laughs> This movie hit me so hard, not hit me hard, but like I know it's gonna stick with me, like, but not in a bad way. Like I, I think I'll be able to sleep. Like, but you guys are right. Like it is, it is a freaking masterpiece, and I really like. It takes a lot, I think, for a movie to hit me hard. Like, I don't know to, to really stick with me because I was like at work and like I was like it. <laughs> I get busy at work, like it's hard, and I'm like still thinking about like certain scenes and like. Like, yeah, certain questions it brings up and, like, ideas and, um, yeah, the cinematography, everything. It was, uh, like, I would watch another horror movie if it's like this, for sure. Like, everyone, <laughs> like, I haven't watched Midsommar because I know it's, like, a scary movie. But, like, if Midsommar is like this, I will watch it. I will say I will hmm. watch it now. But, like, I know, like... Some stuff like it's if it's just super disturbing, I'm like I just don't want to watch it. But I guess it is cool to feel like this. It feels good to feel like this after watching a movie. Wow, it sounds like maybe uh, <laughs> you're the masochistic one, Tyler. Right? No, <laughs> that feels good. But like it feels it, okay. Yeah, that, that it feels good to like watch a movie and be like, yeah, I watched a good movie. I was even like thinking too. I was like, damn, okay, because like after like even today at work, I was telling like I have just like homies I talk to because they all everyone likes to watch movies, and I was like, yeah, I watched this movie today for like the pod podcast and. <laughs> It was fucking wild. Like, you gotta watch this shit. Like, because I know you fuck with horror. Like, if you haven't seen it, like, you need to watch it. So, yeah, it's a five out of five. I'll give it a five out of five. Wow. We should, wow. We, we, we four, we, we really don't get a lot of movies under four, I think. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> At least this time, I really felt the need to bring this movie up front and center and say, yes, this is going to be the most audacious one, at least from what we've covered, I feel. And, um, oh man, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm happy uh, you felt that way, Tyler, that it stuck with you because, man, if, if it didn't, then I'm just like, well, I tried my best, right? What's going to happen to us? He's up to you! They stop coming! I have to go! I'm following you! Don't even try! So yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into spoiler territory now, and uh, yeah, talk about how crazy this film is. Um, Tyler, I know you've been stewing at work, thinking about certain scenes. What comes to mind for you? Uh, yeah. So the <laughs> that subway scene, like, <laughs> I was okay. So I couldn't hear the the copy that. I got, I pulled it up like on my Xbox and was watching it through my soundbar and like Abby's working. And there's a lot of scenes in this movie, which is actually one of the qualms I do have, I, or I did have with it, but like, I don't know, maybe you guys can sway me to, I guess I just, I feel like there was a, a lot of, the characters were very like, yeah, bombastic and just like waving their arms, screaming, uh, just right. way over the top, I guess. Eccentric, yeah. flamboyant. <laughs> mm -hmm. With everything, and that was like kind of a problem for me. And then also, yeah, so it was too loud. So I, Abby like made me turn it down, and then I I still couldn't <laughs> hear the dialogue that well either at the, at the beginning. And then I started watching it on my phone, which was way better. And so I get to the subway scene, which I want to say is about halfway through the film, right? Right, about, about an hour in, and I'm watching it. <laughs> the acting by uh, uh, what's her name again? Ajani. What's her first name? I'm yeah. sorry, Isabel. Isabel Ajani. Yeah, was just yeah, it was amazing. Like I, I was thinking, like wow, like just from like being on set of you know making a few films that we've all done together, I just couldn't imagine being on set while like the act, like you know your actress is doing that, like. Yeah, everyone yeah. everyone has to be locked in and so serious i'm just like holy yeah. fuck dude this is like even be i can't even imagine being there and like witnessing that like just that acting i guess like i would like if you saw that in real life and she, you know she's acting i would think she is possessed right. and i was like i'm holding my phone watching it and like i wish you guys could see like my like I'm, i was like laying on my couch and like i had my phone like my arms like pulled all the way like stretched all the way out and like my phone <laughs> my phone uh like flipped like horizontally like so i could barely see it i'm like my mouth is wide open i'm like what it's like <laughs> holy shit it's crazy and i almost like i had I, I i was about to turn it off for a second like i was like dude, i can't oh, wow. i can't do this right now <laughs> but i powered through i powered through Wow, and then imagine the director saying, all right, cut, uh, take two. Yeah. 
Yeah, so mad props to Isabel Ajani for that. But yeah, that scene, that was just... I think that's... I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of horror, but yeah, that's one of the most uncomfortable, jarring, just unnerving, like, crazy scenes that I've ever watched in a movie that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That, that image, that whole scene, it's just stuck as, yeah, has been, like, stuck, just replaying in my head all day. Did, did you guys know that, um, I think the reason why this film has such a, a cult following is because upon its initial release, it was neutered. The, um, the version that you saw was a full, full version, but um, there was a 90-minute a version in the U.S. And, even, and the movie even got banned, I believe, in the U.K. Or like Australia or, or some like... It got banned in quite a few places. So um, just a little tidbit to throw out there that... Uh, yeah, it definitely did not get the recognition it deserved when it first came out. So the fact that it could still elicit that reaction even um, today with our um, horror movie standards, watching a lot of them, it says a lot. So, yeah. Um, so, Patrick, uh, what did you think of that scene? Are there any other scenes that stood out to you? Uh shoot I like almost everything Sam Neill does but uh it's probably the 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 standout scene to me whenever I think is uh I think it's before it's pretty close to the subway scene but it's when uh Anna is in the church and right that's the great scene where she's looking at Christ and there's like no dialogue in the camera angle is like the point of view of the Christ looking down on her and she looks very childish. Like the frame makes her look so small and yeah, she just like groans or whimpers even for like yep. someone help me that you one. help me. And it's just a statue looking down on her. That scene too, yeah, you're right. I think that was just before that was so uncomfortable. I had to turn it. I actually had to turn my phone down because the her like she was like whimpering like a dog, <laughs> and it was just like piercing my ears. And then also my <laughs> dog Mac, he's like starting to bark and shit because he hears the sound. And I'm like, God damn it! I know this is gonna set him off. But it was yeah, it was. Oh, I was like, I felt so bad, and I just knew it was going to progress worse and worse, and it was, yeah, that was, that, wow. yeah, you know, um, that scene was heavy, too. That scene, now that you brought it up, Patrick, I'm glad you brought it up, uh, I, I watched it um, with a friend of mine, and they pointed out that that scene reminded them of um, the 1978 horror movie, uh, Carrie. I don't know if you have seen that. But there are also some scenes in there in which Carrie is, um, you know, she's like praying to a Jesus Christ uh, statue or like a, a figure, you know, especially when she goes into the closet. Um, there are several scenes where the image of Christ is present. And um, yeah, I, that was a neat touch that I didn't think about. 
uh, or that connection to carry and um yeah or even like the references in general to god and, and religion um yeah what did you think about that uh about those references patrick uh what what do you think the film is alluding to uh damn i think that the beauty the beauty of the film it's it it's it feels like everything it feels very early like cold war disillusionment it feels like the director knows like 20 years in the future 30 years where it's it's uh like the just the I'm trying to think of it it feels like he's touching on the the feelings of the loss of purpose in the scientific age, in the absence of God, it feels like he's hitting on those points that philosophers were talking about since like the 60s or I think the 60s or 50s. Like the, the absence of God in the film parallels to like the anxieties of the atomic and nuclear age and Holocaust. Was it, I think they even reference Holocaust theology. Because I know the director is like 1940 in Poland. It's like while wow, World War II and the Holocaust has happened. He was born and he survived. And it's just he's just hitting on all like the the, the significance of Christ or higher purposes in this new age of the Cold War, the looming doom. Like what does that even mean? We yeah, it feels like the film's grappling with like we're able to kill ourselves in the whole earth now. What does that mean about the wooden statue of Christ on the cross? Is the and all that stuff? It feels it's, it feels very confrontational <clears throat> without lecturing. It just feels like it's pointing right. to stuff and referencing stuff for you to think about as an audience member. Like her whimpering to the cross, the the cross. It's like it just makes you think about like oh like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice if you could help her. Or help anyone. But like that's not the world we live in. And that's the movies in our world in that case. Yeah, that was a very um poignant response because thinking about it, yeah, she is looking forward to the cross or to Jesus, uh the figure, because a lot of people in the film are like looking for answers, right? They mm-hmm. are questioning like Oh, do you believe in God? What does God even mean to to you? And um, you know, are about people's secrets and their sins. Like, well, what are they hiding? And um, you know, some people not not even having an explanation. I mean, Anna herself couldn't come up with an explanation for for why she's acting the way she is. And um, yeah, just the dialogue is so poetic. It's so vague, you know, like the way people speak in the film. Like, you know, that's not how most people speak. But um, <laughs> for, yeah, for this director's first time, I think this is his first, uh, Zubowski, I think it's his first English language film. And I think it took place in West Germany because we see like the Berlin Wall and whatnot. Um, yeah, like the dialogue is so beautifully written like i love some of the lines uh that are being said um 
yeah, like how, you know, God is a disease or, um, or like, you know, I've seen half of God's face and the other half is you. Like, I love that line that we see. It's not even said. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there's just so much to think about, you know, like, uh, the, the character Heinrich, you know, the, I think he's like the stoner in a way like he's always on shrooms or something or like he's very i just love how flamboyant and like touchy-feely he is but like nobody like, like yeah he's like the 60s like the uh <laughs> the, the cultural revolution of the 60s and sam neil that's why like towards the end Heinrich kind of gets like styled on <laughs> or like all his all his uh i don't know what's the phrase all his sayings and his it's revealed his belief system is kind of corruptible. Like, oh, he's a very free love piece, enhancing the mind through exploration. Right. Like when he gets stabbed with a knife, he's trying to cut deals of like, oh, I know she killed someone. You're going to have to pay me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, sorry, this is, I guess, kind of like jumping around, but like, Another part that I thought was really cool was the end of the film with the son as he's telling, uh, God, I forget the teacher's Helen? name, but Helen. Yeah, I guess yeah. the, I, like the ideal wife for Mark, for Sam Neill's character, like the idealized wife. Because, Right? Was that not the same? It was the same girl. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. As Isabella Johnny, yeah, as Helen. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think that that scene was, God, that was so heavy. I don't know. It was just crazy. It was like he's like, "Don't open the door! Don't open the door! Don't open the door!" And like she goes to open the door, and he just runs to the bathroom and drowns himself. And that's a that's pretty much the last scene in the movie, right? He drowns himself, and then you get a close up of her eyes. Which is like one of the best shots too. Or yeah, we get the close up of like or medium shot of like her. She's standing there, giving that blank stare with her eyes, as like you, we see the silhouette of Sam Neill's character, which is the the double. I guess the the, manif the the manifestation of yeah the monster she created or fed. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I, I just think. I thought I like the cool the uh dynamic or I guess like I look at it as like is that's their ideal husband and wife or, or that's their ideal partner for each for mm -hmm. each other and then the real versions of themselves die and then their ideal I guess right that like they took over as yeah. the parents of Bob but Bob is probably dead right and um I think you hit the nail in the head there, Tyler, about how Anna created this monster, right? Or she fed this monster, just like how Mark did something similar, uh, where it's not as blatant, but like he also created, uh, I guess, Helen in a way, right? Because she is also an ideal wife for him. And, you know, she submits to him. She comes over and helps him take care of Bob, right? And... um yeah, and, and anytime he needed help, she's there. And um, yeah, I mean, this film is about how we create our own monsters and we, we possess each other in relationships. 
happen in marriage. And when we want someone new, we're basically looking for the ideal version of our partner or like, or who we're seeing already, right? Um, yeah, it's nuts. Like, I feel like there's also like even themes of like, uh, I mentioned before, polyamory. And that's where Heinrich comes in. He was saying like, oh, I love everyone and I accept you. And we need to have this conversation about like, about Anna and how like, oh, you know, like sexually, like I satisfy her the most. And, you know, we reach a state of harmony and, you know, like Mark, we need to figure something out and like how to um, accept Anna's ways, right? It's about like them figuring out like, what is Anna doing and how do we fix her? and How do we get her to accept our ways now? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I need to, I have to watch this movie again. So much to take in. The Heinrich, but, every, all the scenes with Heinrich were hard for me to, uh, I don't know, I, I don't want to say grasp, but just, I don't know, yeah. I also didn't have subtitles, like I needed subtitles for this movie. I couldn't, the, uh, right. Even certain scenes, you st I still couldn't catch, like, all the dialogue, you know? Right. Just because of the copy I had. And, and or, it's the accents, too. And yeah, just, it's also like, just the, the, the time dialogue. it was made, the way, I guess, it's recorded. You know, it's from the 80s. Yeah. Did, did you like the scene where um, Heinrich okay. kicked oh. Mark's ass? Uh, what did you think of that when that first happened? <laughs> I fucking called it, or not called it, but I was just like, wow, I'm so not surprised that this, like, super suave, like, smooth talking, <laughs> like, free spirit dude has total fucking, like, defense, <laughs> defense skills like a goddamn samurai. <laughs> he hit him with, like, the two hand, the two hand chop to his elbows, like, freaking. <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and in a way, this film feels like exploitation, <laughs> based on what you told me about like Isabel Johnny having a hard time behind the scenes or like being preparing for this role. Um, just hearing now about how she felt. You said she felt manipulated in in some ways, and man, that's really disheartening to hear because, uh, you know, she did have to recover for seven years for this role, and and you can see the intensity behind the performance and um yeah it really shines through and uh, i think she won best actress at the at the uh can Fest film festival i believe so for this movie yeah she definitely yeah she oh um yeah she won best actress um i think a caesar award as well i think she won like five of them and she was like the only actress to ever win for like five caesar awards and um yeah she's an incredible actress it's just unfortunate you know like there wasn't any oscar nominations for this kind of film i mean i think it, i guess it would be hard to right since there's so many many limitations upon its release but today it would definitely be up there i think um being that horror movie is kind of more accepted it's getting a little bit more acceptance in terms of like serious award contentions. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you guys make of the creature? And when you guys, what was your first impression of that? Like when you first discovered what was actually going on. Pat. Uh, the first time <laughs> I watched it with you, I was uh, very excited <laughs> because I love the uh, I love the subversion. I, I I've I read all the old all the old Lovecraft stories, and it was it's exciting to see it captured in a good way, where it's just not like creepy monster. Or like a slab monster. It's not just creepy to be creepy. There's like a otherworldly nature to its creepiness. Like the third time we see it and it has one green eye. And then you, especially after you've seen the movie once, you like you connect that to the uh, creation, like Helen. And then the... Uh, Helen has yeah, green eyes. Yeah. So you connect it to like, oh, it's like the whatever, whatever is happening is connected to those the creation of those idealized people or whatever it is. And it's like a, it's a gross, disgusting process. It's like, Oh, is it, it's like a creepy alien monster, but like, is there an allegory? Is there a deeper meaning? There is, but like, it's so open that the interpretations vary of like, Oh, like to create the new Sam Neill who like brings in annihilation and nuclear Armageddon, like is the monster consuming, others like the the mapping of the history of the consumption of other people's lands and resources and all that it's like you just sit there and theorize for a long time about what it means but also it's just like yeah creepy monster <laughs> that looks cool right. yeah the, <laughs> it's, it was it's not just creepy out. monsters that sitting there it's like oh this is it's gonna mean a lot of things it reminded me of the blob <laughs> at one point like the the first stages of the monster. Oh, when it's like in the sink, I think. Yeah. I love I, it. Uh, <laughs> that sex scene too. It's like I'm honestly extremely impressed at how like <laughs> God, I feel so weird to fucking say this, but how good it looked. <laughs> like, it was I was just like uh, another like one where like I'm like I don't normally ever watch movies on my phone, but yeah, my wife is on a you know Zoom call with like parents <laughs> and her <laughs> students, and I can't be having this movie playing like blaring through my living room. <laughs> and I'm just uh, yeah, my jaw is just like wide open. I'm like, oh, wh I've never seen anything like that in a movie. It's like is that a it's like an octopus squid half man man bear pig banging his <laughs> wife? I, yeah, but like it communicates the. It's like a visual representation of like the sickness you'd feel if you walked in on your spouse cheating on you, which is the normal guy. You yeah. see him walk in, and it's like a grotesque monster, and it's like oh god, <laughs> you just have a pit in your stomach and. We're not the character, we're the audience. But I, I, I felt that scene was so powerful, and that like, I felt like I was in the room with them. Like, oh, this is, this sucks. I hate. Yeah, this. yeah. It was, yeah. It, it feels like you're getting cheated on. I, or not like I don't know, not like that, but like, yeah. It's so grotesque and so 
just t- jarring and yeah, you just want to look away. Like it hurts. It hurts to watch. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. I I just reading up on on this film and behind the scenes. It was uh, even confirmed that Isabel Johnny attempted like suicide after they finished filming the movie, which is like, oh my god, that's even more horrible hearing that. And like even Sam Neill even confirming like he said it's the most extreme film he ever made. So it's just, oh man, yeah, it must be like such a gruesome, grueling experience. Like it probably would have, like I can't even imagine how she still acted in films after that. And well, I think I saw that. Yeah, she basically didn't have anything remotely close to as big as this. Not performance-wise, but I think just, like, film-wise. hmm But, yeah, it's... I don't know. I've never, like... Every movie or film set I've been on has been with you two. So, it's a very limited uh, field of work. But, I don't know. Yeah, it just... We've been on, I don't know, we've had some, like, pretty, not intense, but I would say, like, you know, scenes, like, where it's, like, it's a good, big scene, and, like, I don't know, you know, somebody's, like, Richie, even Richie, uh, in Mannequin, like, there's this, that scene where you're, like, uh, the head shatters, and you're, like, screaming, like, that was pretty intense, <laughs> like, when oh, we were shit. on set, right? You were there, Pat? Yeah, I forgot you know, about like, that. You gotta like, especially when somebody's like, you know, performing and like they're really like getting into it and like getting into the character. Like, You're not not gonna I don't lie. know. That takes a when, lot. Takes a lot to do. When I, we I've did that scene, yeah, I thought of Possession, and that was the only movie I could think of <laughs> um, for inspiration. So, thanks for bringing that up, Tyler. I, I totally forgot about that. Oh my god, that was. Can't believe that was yeah. like years ago. By the way, listeners, any listeners here, check out Mannequin. <laughs> we all helped work on it. Kevin wrote, directed it. Yes. Uh, Patrick. Patrick acted in it as well. I, edited I, I the film. Yeah, Patrick, yep. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, it's on Vimeo, I believe. On Kevin's, yeah. And it's been chosen by what? I want to say it's been chosen by like eight or nine f- festivals. A good amount, over over six. I know that much. all over, yeah, like all over the world, which is pretty cool. Shoot, I wish we can go see him. I know. I was telling Kevin that we needed to take a, we need to take a worldwide lay film trip. Go catch one of the <laughs> right. festivals, and then we'll go to some local theaters. Some shit. Yo, maybe 40 years down the line, someone will find that movie <laughs> and just like possession. They're like, this is kind of a weird movie, you know? And it's just like, oh, this is made. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah uh, when we do films, we don't have the, none of us are Kubrick or this director. <laughs> we don't have that old Hollywood Hitchcock abused actors to get the desired performances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was treated very kindly, I, you know, but you know, 
I, I'm, I'm the type of person that can can accept tough love. So like, bring it on, you know, just get whatever it takes, right, to get the yeah, best. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like Kevin, like Kevin as a director, Kevin's like great. Like Kevin's so like nice and like cool with everybody. Like I can't like like you know just working with people. You've all we've all worked with shit. people like i couldn't imagine having a director with like especially like the more money that's involved with the film like i couldn't imagine having a director that's just <laughs> a fucking dick or controlling manipulating like it's got to be it's a completely like like the set of a movie is a vibe like almost like a team like a basketball team i would think of or like you know any right. it's almost like sports like you know like if you have and the director is like the point guard or the quarterback you know if you don't have if you got a uh, trying to think of an example of, i don't know just like a diva or like somebody who just you know they think they're like god's gift to directing or whatever right maybe that was this film or like i i think of um the vincent gallo movie after right. reading about him too like i'm sure like being on his set has got to be like uncomfortable and like probably roll your eyes a lot and shit like that so I'm interested. I, I wonder how it was on the set of this movie. Yeah, there's certainly a trickle down effect, you know, and that could that can make or break your film. And um, yeah, despite but, hearing all that, yeah, I mean, yeah, this film still turned out like incredible, right? Say, but also, like, you could have they could have had a terrible vibe on set, or right, they could have all hated uh, the director, but still turned out to be a classic. So. But uh, yeah. Do we have any um, any other scenes we want to point to, and then we'll we can close up our episode. Um, man, I feel like almost every scene is just so. Uh, what's the word? It's so over the top. A lot of screaming. Uh oh. I forgot to mention the action sequences in the last like 10 minutes of the film. What did you guys think of like that turn when it becomes like this action movie for a little bit where people are shooting, having a shootout and just like explosions, <laughs> pink socks, man. What are you, what's going on? I loved it. It, uh, I want to say that that action scene, as well as the <laughs> he jumps off the bike. Yeah, I love. I loved all. I loved him riding the bike with the blood, and he's just yelling. Yeah, that it's, was one of my favorite shots. I forgot about that. It's very stylish, but I love the. Uh, we need to post that. That needs to go on the on the Insta on the IG. I was gonna, sure. I was gonna try to cut some up. It's gonna be tight. But I love the uh, the presence of the east and west. Or the the Berlin Wall. I love the Cold War energy that's in the constant background, and then at the end, I love the. Uh, I think the director like consciously is like, oh, it got American at the end. Like <laughs> the synth music came in, and I think Sam Neill is online about God's dead, or God's with the dog under, under the porch or something, <laughs> referencing that line. Right. It's just like an action hero. But yeah, I just love the Cold War energy, the action energy. And I love Sam Neill's. It's like going back to the action stuff, like Sam Neill's job is like he's kind of a spy. 
and that like touched on like the uh cold war covered history of the u.s and the western powers of like operation gladio like in eastern europe i think maybe western europe too there's just like covert killings of civilians carried out by intelligence agencies to delegitimize like soviet or socialist adjacent groups in those countries like a someone would go into a Netherlands supermarket and shoot eight people, not steal anything. And then it would be blamed on like an extremist group or a socialist group and they'd be arrested and persecuted. And I felt like he was touching on those vibes where Sam Neill's character, he's very quick to know how to get rid of those bodies. Right. Of like Heinrich, you know, there's a set of Heinrich where he OD'd and collapsed in the toilet. He knows how to set up, the apartment to catch fire, erase the bodies that are there, and all that stuff. I, just, I really enjoyed that like <laughs> undertone I pulled from it. And the screaming old lady outside. <laughs> she was like dancing and happy about all the chaos that's going on. <laughs> Pat, you mentioned that scene with Heinrich. That was also, uh, I think, another one of my favorite scenes is the... Uh, God, what did they call him? Like a flushy or what is it what is it called? Uh like the I don't know, the bullying thing when you stick someone's head in the toilet. Uh oh, a swirly. Oh. Swirly. Yeah, that was a deadly swirly right there. <laughs> I just love the uh, cut. Uh, and that was like yeah, I I just love the scene of just like the the high or the shot at the high angle like above the stall of his head just in the toilet as it like flushes and overflows, and it looks so real. I'm like, okay, whose head did they stick in? Like I go back <laughs> to, again, like whose head did they have to stick in the toilet? And like they really did that. Somebody's head was in there. Like I don't know, right? That's disgusting. <laughs> Somebody had to. Some actor had to do that. Right. Was it Heinrich's character? Did he? Did that actor have to do it or? I wonder how much that guy got paid to get to get slushy swirly <laughs> to get the dirty swirly that <laughs> yeah to shout Dead out to swirly to Heinz Bennett as Heinrich he is terrific in this film so um, yeah all his scenes are like so um, eye catching and scene stealing and. Uh, yeah, every time he's on screen, it's just so funny. Like, it always makes me laugh, like, seeing him on screen because he has so many good lines and just his ec eccentricity and his, like, his demeanor. I just love how crazy his acting is. It's so good. <laughs> um, it really matches, like, everyone else's, like, oddities in the film. You know, everyone's so strange. Like, Margie... And um, even the detectives, the private investigators that we didn't really mention, but um, there's like implications that they uh, they were lovers. And um, even with their short screen time, um, yeah, I just love their impact on the film. You know, when they're spying on Anna and when she gets on, um, on I guess, the, I think it's a train or something. Uh, <laughs> just a homeless man like eating her banana. Oh, yeah. It's just like random scenes like that, you know, it's just like so absurd, but it fits like the mood 
and like the the tone of the the movie uh i just like how they just go there you know they just, yeah. they're not afraid to be bizarre i think uh like pat was saying earlier too i uh, uh, like like going into this movie blind i think is great because like at that point in the movie i was i had gone into it completely blind and like i had thought like okay maybe there's some like whatever demonic possession crazy scary ghost shit going on like that was my biggest fear then i thought i was like oh maybe this guy he's like she's working with him and like he's like some other like spy type dude and i don't know like yeah it just kept me guessing the whole time and then yeah he just happened to be a bum who took a banana from her but (laughs) yeah happened to be uh not consequential by any means (laughs) he just got his banana and that's it (laughs) But, uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, and then even their first argument scene when, um, when Mark beats Anna and just that brilliant close-up of her face, um, well, the first time she slaps him and then we see her face, like, like, transform before our eyes, you know, she goes from, like, um, being scared to, like, actually smiling and grinning at him. And like you can see like the tear coming down her eyes and she's just like laughing to herself. And um, yeah, just that whole scene was so uh, memorable. Like the blood coming down, dripping down from her mouth and he chases her downstairs. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, I'll follow you. And she's like, don't even try. And like she spits out all this blood out of her mouth. Like that's so good. Like it's so Yeah, dude, crazy. when she's in the subways, like towards the end of the subway scene she's like on her knees and she's still just screaming her fucking head off and then she starts throwing up like milk or white shit and then she like and green ooze yeah she's like oozing she's like and it's like blood white shit green shit all like coming out of like her pores yeah her ears it's coming out of everywhere and at that point i was yeah i was just like shocked i was like be will i was just like oh my god <sighs> right there yeah that's like the uh that that image is like in imprinted into my mind like that's the image that's that may or may not let me sleep tonight <laughs> or that will keep me awake tonight and on the but it's, it's so it's so good it, it's so good too like even just i like go back like especially when you go up to the time it was made like i'm just curious of how they like uh executed that you know like like you could see like even under her like as soon as she started like groaning like that you saw like the like white red like oily like blood with white shit mixed in like float down under her I wonder really, how they did that. Really well, yeah, really well done. Like I'm like, did they have like, like I'm thinking of like, you remember like those screen masks that everybody had like the early 2000s with like the heart thing that you would pump, like yeah, the tubes. The yeah, yeah. I'm like, were they like yeah. pumping like hoses, like tubes under her of like, whatever that mixture was. Yeah, they yeah. probably were. I don't remember the cut though. I thought it was from like that big long take. It's like, where was it hiding? Or did, is there a cut in there? Yeah, no, it cuts. There was yeah, a cut. It's yeah. that huge, okay, it's that okay. long take of her just going ballistic, and then it cuts to her in that position. Yeah, and then all the all the liquids start oozing out of her. Oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that I think that's a a scene. You know, when you get there, if you can't handle that scene, then yeah, probably not the movie for you, right? Or like, <laughs> yeah. And and you got through it, Tyler. So like, well, bravo to you. You know, like uh, you could have you could have stopped and said, you know what, <laughs> Richie, I'm out. That's for sure. <laughs> I would say that's like that may be the most like into like from all movies I've or that I've watched in doing this pod or all the movie. Yeah, that's like top three like most insane, just wild scene I've ever I've ever watched. And I guess that goes to more so that that's just a horror genre, I think, too, or for me, at least, like, especially if you actually get scared, like, that's the cool thing about the horror genre, I guess, is like, it can get you to react unlike anything else or mm -hmm. on any other genre. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a roller coaster of emotions, especially seeing this film. Um, yeah, it'll make you squeamish, it'll make you laugh, and it'll make you, yeah, be in awe at the same time. It's just so uncanny seeing these actors act, and sometimes it just, it's just feels so real. Um, no matter how, like, poetic the dialogue is or how theatrical some of the scenes look, um, yeah, sometimes it even feels like watching a play, and uh, yeah, just oof, one of those films that you can never forget, right? So, um, yeah, uh, I I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I have anything else more to say. Uh, there's a lot about this movie that I don't understand, or um, even like the pink socks or the some of the the background, like the, the side plot, whatever is going on with like Mark and, and those uh, people that are following him around. Uh, there's just so much to digest and it'll be hard to like get a true answer out of it is how I see it. Yeah. For me, it's hard to just even comprehend what this movie is really even about. <laughs> but it's such a unique watch so that I will have to re like I have to rewatch it to I think if I rewatch it I'll like it more I know for sure but to rewatch a horror movie for me is just a feat <laughs> it's a good one though it is good I think I have to show it to somebody else to watch it again. I don't think I can just watch it again by myself, you know? I have to experience with experience it with somebody else. You can show it to Ardo or Abby or, you know, get a few people <laughs> have yeah. a little viewing party. Just, uh, I know that Abby has some, uh, she has some she's, knowledge she's right anti, of history. Dude. She wouldn't even watch Squid Games. She doesn't oh, like wow. any, like, even like she saw me watching this movie today and she was like, oh my God, you guys always pick movies like this. Like, God. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also like, not that, like, no, my lady loves movies and she has, like, good taste. But 
it is hard for her to watch violence and like she doesn't like anti-heroes violence uh rape anything like that she did basically she doesn't like a lot of movies that show like real hardship real crazy shit that happens yeah um and she does like those but yeah i don't know a lot of the stuff some of these things are hard to watch this is a hard movie <laughs> to watch especially for people who you know like i don't know sure you may like movies but like i don't know if, if you're just like a regular movie if you're just a regular <laughs> movie goer you know like the big you see like whatever you like a lot of people are probably going to go see dune and if dune turns out to be a great movie a lot of people who go to the movies like a few times a year are going to hate that they're not going to like it because <laughs> it's they're just used to that hollywood style the, the true test if you really love cinema you gotta watch and even possession. then like, like dune for us is probably still gonna feel kind of like a holly like a hollywood style type movie maybe i don't know well it certainly looks to be a blockbuster or like the sure. green knight like the green knight wasn't like a uh i don't know it wasn't like a crazy movie but i i wasn't a fan of it but like it was a, too much to watch for like people like my dad or like you know people who just like are just like an average movie watcher right which is a hard hard movie to watch but people gotta watch these <laughs> i'm glad i watched this um yeah uh shoot i lost my train of thought but um yeah i i promise next time you guys whenever i pick a film again i um I'm going to go to the other side. I, <laughs> I I agree with Abby. We do watch a lot of uh pretty dark, um, unhappy films, and um, certainly, the next time I go again, yeah, I'm gonna pick something much more positive. I don't think uh, we watched a lot. I mean, I want to hear Pat's thoughts on this too, but I think we just we watch a lot of like movies that I don't know. I think they like reflect the world we live in, which. This is total pessimistic, but yeah, it's just like, dude, we live in a shitty, shitty world, and there's a lot of shitty things that happen, and I think it's good to uh, be exposed to these things rather than just live in happy la-la land of, like, <laughs> you know, high school musical or whatever the fuck you're watching. <laughs> or, like, yeah. even, like, Squid Game, sure. Like, Squid Game's is, like, an escape of type of TV show, I guess. Like, it's not touching on topics that are going to, like, uh, you know, like, make you think deep about issues going on in society. Which, I guess, it kind of does touch a little bit, but, you know, I don't know. It's just, Pat, I'll let you take it away. You're, I'm, I'm, you're better at articulating these things. I think I, I'm picking up what you're putting down where, yeah, we do watch a lot of the ones that reflect our society or our concerns with the society. And even for us, it's still like escape is like possession. It's a, it's a pet. I think the director said itself, like the ending, like insinuates like nuclear Armageddon, cold war destruction. And he said like, you know, he's a pessimist about the future. This is like an 81. The Cold War is still going hard. And for like myself, like I follow the news and I feel anxiety. 
future conflicts and other stuff. Uh, there's a therapeutic aspect to the same people, like to the people who escape fully and like, oh, I'm going to watch the new Disney movie to escape from reality. I think we do the same where we escaped like, oh, I want to watch Squid Game, the one that's about like the injustices of our society to feel a community with other people who are aware of that, the artistic connection or just the like, oh, we can appreciate this for these, this, this, and this reason. Yes. It's still escapism. But yeah, I think it's slightly better escapism. What you do? <laughs> it's escapism that gives you like a different uh, new perspective to think on or more yeah. even em- empathy and because mm-hmm. you can't keep it in you'd go crazy that's why i talk about epstein every episode even this one. <laughs> i love it I, I think we should i think we need to dedicate like a 10 minute section to pat just go on deep on some <laughs> epstein because i love it no, i'm I all can't. for that <laughs> it's gonna turn into a two-hour special <laughs> I can't think about it too much I can't talk about it too much or it gets too sad <laughs> but yeah it's like yeah you but just talking about this escapism our discussions about it it's like the purpose yes. to have friends and community yes and watch movies and so yeah and this is me saying I recognize that the our collection of films aren't for everybody however um you know where we <laughs> have a a lot of dark films. I'll, I'll try to the next time. I'll try to shine. You know, a shine, <laughs> a little bit of light, uh, for everyone, so that we don't always have to <laughs> uh, have these therapeutic or like cathartic viewings, right? So um, well, they always yeah. bring good conversation, though. You yeah, know, they do. They absolutely do, and I love it. Even um, like this, I was like halfway into the into possession. I was like. Subway scene again. Like I was ready to turn off the movie <laughs> because I thought at that point I thought I was like, okay, this movie's going full blown like possessing demonic possession shit. Like I'm not gonna watch the rest of this. I'm gonna read the fucking synopsis and tell the guys I couldn't fucking watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like sorry, boys. I watched a uh, synopsis on YouTube to finish the end. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad i did it i'm glad i'm glad i just powered through and i think that's what a lot of people should do with (laughs) with like you know you gotta branch out and just watch shit that you think like i don't know that goes against your expectations and what you're used to and then you'll just be exposed to better and better stuff and you know it's good it's good for you Okay, so this will be a quick sidebar that we forgot to mention. However, um, Patrick, you said you wanted to discuss this quick ballet scene, um, which was a shot in a found footage style way. Um, yeah, uh, take us off. Yeah, uh, on this viewing, uh, I had another. This is another dark reading, or one of those things of. Uh, this film's a canvas in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, we bring what we bring or we see what we see. And I think we had this discussion the first time we watched it. Maybe back then. But yeah, there's like. 
that scene where it's the young girl doing the ballet with uh, Anna guiding them. And I assume that was her career in the previously before she lost it. Lost the career, I mean. And uh, something that always never sat right with me was the uh, the presence of Heinrich. And like the whole scene had like a had a half had undertones of half like ruthless pushing per pursuit very americanist or not american but a very american like be the best only number one that's the only goal to strive to be as well as like a uh to me i got the undertones of like maybe abuse especially with heinrich's free love all that other stuff presence there that was my dark reading of it and the weight it has with uh sam Neill's character like he sits down and he, he seems flabbergasted by it yeah i, I think you do bring up yeah you certainly bring up a good point about that because heinrich was the one that gave mark that footage right yeah and yeah i totally forgot that he was like looming there recording and it's pretty much anna sending mark a message right when she, she was um cheating on him and yeah it's total total exploitation of um of the kids of the the ballet dancers and that was mm -hmm. so intense and just the lines of anna talking about how she doesn't even know herself or like or how she's like the maker of her own evil and yeah just like lines like you know you say i for me and uh, yeah yeah what a brilliant scene i'm glad you brought this back up patrick yeah it just that's one of those ones that just hurts another scene in the movie that just hurts to watch yes it is so like horrifying literally, extremely literally and figuratively Yeah, it's so ruthless, right? She's like, up your knee, up your knee. And then when the when she, uh, the dancer, when she runs out, she, uh, Anna, like, justifies it, saying, like, you know, I wish that, somebody did that for me. Could that also be, like, a parallel to, I don't know, I think especially in today's world of how, like, females feel about, like, I guess their their look and i don't know I, I guess just like the the human experience as a female like you all like it's always got to be better you always got to be hotter you always got to have a bigger butt you always got to have bigger like boobs like always got to look better better eyes better skin you know keep your knee tighter look up at your hand uh hold it hold it hold it hold it i can see that yeah, so she, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's what they were going for, but that's just a. I think that's thought, a part of it for sure. Because she goes right to the next dancer and she's like immediately like, oh, great job. And that's when the, the one she was just torturing has like the break and she mm -hmm. lashes out and then storms out. After yeah, the next that. dancer wasn't even better by any means <laughs> everyone was struggling 
yeah it's just like cruelness like she's like she's she tortures her doesn't compliment her for like bearing through it and then just goes right to the next person it's like oh perfect amazing just like yeah, it's it could be so many things of like just the fate of life life if you're born into it are you natural at something are you not are you beautiful or are you not a beautiful tall short it could be all those things mm -hmm. and i guess it does make me wonder um how much autonomy do they really have you know not just the dancers but like even anna herself because she does question like her own identity and um even when she's like under the spell you know of this idealized version of mark um like is she really herself is this what she really wants or does she lose autonomy because of this doppelganger you know um, helen had does she have any autonomy in the movie i think she just shows up and helps like she does the dishes yeah. unprovoked she does other stuff unprovoked i don't think so i think that's a good question um it didn't really seem like it because i said uh yeah i don't know it seemed like she was just there just to take care of things she was very submissive and very um she's like a servant in a way you know yeah that was one of the many aspects of the movie that uh <laughs> i couldn't grasp or, or confuse me i was like because it seemed or like the idealized version of mark of sam neil's character was like you know manifested through the monster i guess that sh that i get like what i was taking it was like she was killing these men that i was assuming that the monster was somehow i don't know like engulfing their soul or parts of their body whatever to create her idealized version of her husband whereas helen kind of just came up out of nowhere to where i was thinking maybe mark is more of a he's even crazy he's more so has like a mental illness i guess he's not really possessed but he's i don't know I'm just, yeah, I'm just spitballing off the top here. But yeah, like he's, it's more so, I guess, a, like is he schizophrenic? Is he just seeing that? Is he just seeing her? Is it completely a different, like the, like the girl just looks completely different and that's just what he's seeing or is she even there? I don't know. To me, it was like Helen because of the, I don't know, like her, Helen with the green eyes is like an archetype that's been around forever, like the subjugated woman. So it just appears for Mark, whereas the one Anna's making, my interpretation is like it's the the cold warrior, the the nuclear Armageddon that takes more effort. It's like a new thing. Like the yeah, just like it's just like nu nuclear annihilation or the war to end all wars is like the if that's what I felt the build up to that creation at the end of the movie that alien or whatever the monster god like when he's doing the dance as he's visiting at the end to see Helen and there's all the sirens and planes and missile noises and the lights mm -hmm. are flickering Bob little Bob 
commit suicide because he knows yeah. it's ending. He's just yeah. Yep. But yeah, they all committed suicide actually. I just realized. Uh, Mark, Anna, and Bob. Like Anna shooting herself, and then Mark leaping off the edge. Even though they're all like at the cusp of death anyway, it's just interesting. Like they all died uh, by their own hands. But anyway, yeah. Uh, I think that does it for our quick sidebar. You see, if uh, if I got Tyler to watch and actually like this film, then. We're gonna we're gonna be in a better place, you know. Our podcast is going places. <laughs> so they film but, uh, will finally take off now that I'm watching horror movies. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. And you're not a horror fan, so um, yeah. With that being said, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in for this episode. Thank you again, everyone, for watching this movie, my favorite film of all time. And um, if you're listening to us, come on, what are you doing? If you haven't followed us. Follow us on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. Write us a review, please. We need them. Um, yeah, email us at latefilmpodcast.gmail.com. We look forward to hearing your feedback or any recommendations. Um, so, yeah, and this is me. Uh, I'm Richie again. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts and everyone else. And I'm Tyler. Thanks for exposing me to the horror. And I'm uh, Patrick. And I look forward to the next episode. And we'll see everybody next time.
I miscarried there was Sister Faith, and what was left is Sister Chance. So I had to take care of my faith to protect it. That's what you're doing there. 